Welcome back, Red Pilled Empaths and Truth Seekers. We are at 49% of the book of Jeff Berwick's, um, well, latest book on the controlled demolition of the American Empire, the USA Empire, specifically. You can find it on uh, Amazon. It's not, it's less than $10 depending on the country, if you buy the Kindle version. Right now, we're still in the section called Identifying the Support Columns. And uh, the specific section we're in is toward the end, is the third one up from the bottom. It's called the Fear and Death Administration, FDA. That's hilarious. So we're just moving on, reading from the previous one, um, the one before my vegan answer. I just thought I would do an episode on that separate from the reading. All right, moving through. Little drum roll. So of the top 100 largest big pharma companies surveyed, 64 of them spent at least twice as much on marketing and public relations than they spent on research and development, with 27 companies spending 10 times as much on the selling of their medicine than they spent on developing it. I mean, think about that, guys. The business of sickness is sickening. If a person wants to control someone, there is no better way than to hold the key to their health in their hands. The desire for self-preservation trumps just about everything else, and when facing impending death, the potential risks are meaningless. One can even justify the side effects associated with a brand new medical treatment if death was the only other alternative. And who could blame them, right? I wouldn't. If the disease or condition was not life-threatening, then the potential side effects play a much more important role in decision-making. The calculation includes an understanding that the person will not actually die from the particular disease. So how much permanent discomfort are they willing to take on in exchange for immediate relief from the non-life-threatening situation? And even with that, I'm sorry, it's a personal choice, right? The medical industry in the United States, and Big Pharma in particular, have gone about marketing their medicine in a very clever but evil way over the past two decades. Instead of identifying a disease, then figuring out how to cure it through their new medicine, they have been inventing new diseases that do not actually exist and claiming that their medicine cures it. Whoever heard of restless legs syndrome until a couple of years ago? What about dry eye disease? How many poor people are suffering from that horrible disease? <laughs> However, will humanity survive without the cures for a bouncing leg and a dry eye? <laughs> my evil laugh. <laughs> it's just too funny. Come on. 
The drug companies then go about selling cures for these diseases with a straight face, not understanding that it is diminishing their credibility with the general public to cure any of the real diseases that their other products are supposed to cure. It is obvious that they are lying about curing restless legs syndrome with their medicine. So is it not reasonable to assume that they might be lying about their other medicines curing real diseases such as hepatitis or high blood pressure? <laughs> yeah, gee, yeah? Finally, people are getting it, right? The polio myths. Oh, I love this one. Oh boy, I mean, I actually know people who have told my face that, oh, don't talk to me about not believing in vaccines. And I said to them, don't talk to me about vaccines. <laughs> they didn't like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've seen people die from that shit. And they were trying to tell me that they've seen people die from lack of vaccines. It's like, please. But again, they worked for what, you know, UBC, and they were people who sold their soul a long time ago, and they always behaved in that way. So I was probably just there to show them the way, you know, and clearly plant the seed because in this lifetime, I would be surprised if they actually get the picture. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, some people are quite old and they haven't still gotten it. So I hope so for them. I'm just saying it's sad when you encounter that and they are so... Um, righteous about it you know they just they want to convince you that that's the way it's really sad but anyway the polio myth so this will really enrage them so that's why i brought it up here little drum roll jeff you're making me laugh so much <laughs> anyway at tulane university dr alton oshner was so convinced that his new polio vaccine was effective that he inoculated his two grandchildren in front of his class of students. Sure, of what though? From there, they pushed forward with the mass inoculation of the children in the general public. Within a couple of days, children all over the country fell sick from polio. Some were crippled and some even died from his new vaccine. <laughs> As for Dr. Hoshner, grandkids, well, his grandson died from the vaccine and his granddaughter contracted polio but survived. As you can imagine, an enormous lawsuit was filed. So, okay, so he was in it. Yeah, and my mom, because that's why I told them, I said, uh, my mom's cousin died and he was vaccinated right and he died after and my mom was like you know he was well kept and he was vaccinated and then died <laughs> but they didn't put it together because even my mom was pretty brainwashed in that stuff still even though she she knows about all this other stuff right she's the one who learned macrobiotics who went and looked for different alternative uh things but you see the the brainwashing is strong right so that's why i'm saying I also get uh, annoyed sometimes because um, the main thing is when you care about animals and people and those who are suffering, you know, our task every day is to wake up in the morning and not focus on that. Our task is knowing and feeling their pain and not going into the dark side because of it. 
So when you feel like being harsh on people who are actually doing kind of difficult works, even people who work with animals and people who really, you know, touch this cruelty every day, if they snap at you, I know it's not ideal, but remember that you snap at them for simply telling you their opinion. So maybe reevaluate what you think is really important. So anyway, moving on. So some of us have had direct experience with polio and the other brother um, was deformed. Um, the cousin, sorry. Yeah, the brother of my, so it's another cousin, basically, of my mom. That he had polio, was deformed, and his life, you know, completely. And I'm sure he was vaccinated too, because they vaccinated everybody. So that's what I'm saying, you know. We have seen it, and these people didn't deserve it. And their life, they were crippled for life. The view they have of life, some of them, it's just insane after that, because how would you feel? How would you feel if you went through that? Anyway, so as you can imagine, an enormous lawsuit was filed, and most people have never heard about this, but it happened. And another sneaky thing that Big Pharma is guilty of doing is claiming that a disease has been eradicated because of their vaccine, when in actuality, they simply change the name of the disease to something else, or they change the diagnosis criteria. This greatly contributed to the decline of documented cases of polio following the introduction of the vaccine. And that has always been the one disease that the big pharmaceutical companies have touted as their greatest accomplishment. Well, some of us have gone through it, have seen it, and you know what? We know the truth, so screw you. What happened when the definition of polio was changed was the many thousands of cases were no longer counted as polio, which in turn gave the impression that the polio vaccine was working. It was not. Once the vaccine was introduced to the population, they started to split the cases into either polio or polio-like. They then no longer counted polio-like cases as being polio, which obviously created a drop in polio that was happening at the same time as the vaccine being released, thus giving the impression that the vaccine was responsible for the drop in cases when it was really just a reclassification issue. And it's not difficult to forge all this stuff when the power is in certain hands and no real numbers and there is no way of proving anything. You have to rely and trust them. See, they're using your trust. They're using both sides of humans against them. And those who understand this need to be strong enough to stay in their heart center, even when the other ones who are still sleeping act like complete, arrogant, selfish imbeciles because we once were those assholes ourselves. And we didn't do it on purpose. We were tricked and these bastards have been doing this for centuries. So the polio-like illnesses were not eradicated in fact. They are still infecting people at the rate they were before the vaccine was released, except 
because they go by name like transverse myelitis and Guillain-Barr syndrome, both of which cause polio-like paralysis and ironically are known adverse reactions to vaccination. Recently, Dr. Orenstein, a former associate director of the CDC, instructed clinics to remove all of the old trivalent vaccines right away and replace them with a new oral one because they were causing polio in children all over the world. Smallpox was changed to monkeypox. Then the rate for smallpox went down. Of course, monkeypox, which did not exist before, skyrocketed to levels only seen by smallpox because it was smallpox. It was just using a brand new name that no one was looking for. If you cannot beat them, just change the name. This is the level of criminality that one encounters when dealing with the medical industry in the United States. And Jeff, not just in the United States, everywhere. Because I am from Italy and it's exactly the same. I do have relatives who are doctors and my cousin, she studied at the Bocconi and then went and did her PhD in Harvard. So according to people's standards, she knows what she's talking about. And she also said that she sees something wrong in this 2020 Oaks after her father passed away. And she saw how they were trying to hide his clinical card and telling her that only doctors could look at her, could look at it. She has the same or more degrees than doctors. She can read a chart. And it is her business because it's her father. And my uncle died of seven different infections he contracted in the hospital. Not of coronavirus, but they put him down as coronavirus. This is the level of lies that is going on in the world. And if you think it's only in Italy, you're a complete fool. They attacked Italy first because they have the most amount of edible plants there. In the smallest country. One of the smallest countries out there. Not the smallest, but one of the smallest. Put one and one together, people. Monsanto doesn't want Italy to survive. What duh, and who is Monsanto in bed with? Not that hard to see this stuff. The law of unintended consequences. <laughs> this is so funny. America has a cure for cancer, where, well, at least they think they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is one of the biggest punchlines. Yeah, 4% success rate. Is it chemotherapy? <laughs> Probably the most feared medical condition a person can come down with is cancer, in large part because of the reputation that it has for killing people of all ages, sometimes rather quickly, but always painfully. There are all sorts of types of cancers, and they come in a variety of forms. Some types grow quickly, some give hints before they are discovered, some come out of seemingly nowhere, some are curable, and others kill people 100% of the time. One in 20 chances of getting some form of cancer in the early 1900. Wow, huh? One in 16 chances of getting some form of cancer in the 1900s. One in 10 chances of getting some form of cancers in the late 1900s. So we go early, mid, late. So one in three chances of getting some form of cancer in 2010. 
Nice, huh? If a person is diagnosed with cancer, the first treatment option that comes to mind is usually chemotherapy. Most people really do not know exactly what chemotherapy actually is, but they think that it is that it will kill their cancer, make them feel like hell, and probably cause all of their hair to fall out. A decent trade-off for anyone diagnosed. Chemotherapy, chemo, I can't even read it, right? Chemotherapy is like dropping an atomic bomb on a hostage situation. Thank you. For a change, someone actually says what it is. Sure, the bad guy is now dead, but so is everyone in the city, and now the place is a toxic waste site. What people do not realize about chemotherapy is how ineffective it actually is, how unbelievably expensive the treatment is, that doctors are massively incentivized to recommend it to their patients, and how it works like fertilizer on cancer. It is hardly the cure for cancer. That is, <laughs> is made out of to be, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm like, oh my God, I can't even read it. No, because it's true. And we have been saying this for a very long time, from the beginning. People assume that medicine is good for them and that the reason why one would be taking a specific medicine is that it will help them to heal in their struggle against the disease. But what if the medicine was the problem? Would a person decide to take the medicine change if they knew that the doctor stood to make a ton of money from one type of medicine and almost nothing from another type of medicine? Should the potential for a conflict of interest concern the patient? Consider the accounting behind the medicine. $10,000 wholesale price a doctor pays for chemotherapy drugs per shot. $50,000 retail price a doctor sells the chemotherapy drug to their patients per shot. $40,000 estimated profit for the doctor per shot. To be clear, nobody suggesting that doctors that treat cancer should do so for free or even at a discounted rate. There is a business that is being run in conjunction with treating these cancers, and the better a doctor is at removing cancer from people, the more in demand their services will be. The higher the demand, the higher the price. The gray area comes when there is more than one possible option for a patient that has cancer, and one of those options makes the doctors a ton of money, while the other option generates almost no revenue for the doctor. The chemotherapy option costs a small fortune, is almost completely ineffective, and demolishes the immune system of the patient, making infections and other diseases more likely. The holistic approach to healing and the use of CBD oil will put almost no money into the pockets of doctors, but it will allow the patients to retain their immune system in order to fight back against cancer. The traditional medical community frowns on this as a form of pseudoscience since it is not blessed by the medical establishment, the Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control, and law enforcement. Except, of course, in those countries where now they made it legal and found a way to 
mm, use those uh, houses and stuff that they stole from the people who were growing pot before when it was illegal and those things they sold for free and now they're making money off if you didn't know and realize that's what the legalization of marijuana really did and also they did um, and they are growing stronger and stronger strains because that's also another way to control the sheep so even those who are using marijuana to stay you know awake and blah 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 and it does work not on everybody but if Marijuana is a high-frequency plant, it's God's plant, and if you're already vibrating really high sometimes, it can actually bother your vibration, so some people have chemical reactions to it. But it does help otherwise to take your vibration higher. However, when it's so much THC in there and all that stuff, I mean, even Dr. Shiva was saying, guys, you know, I'm not against it, absolutely, it's God's plan, but remember, you know, you're not meant to be drones. It's meant to help you do your work better, not worse, okay? So that's the bottom line. And it's not a speech, do what you want, it's your life. I'm not telling you what to do at all. In fact, anything I say, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just offering my opinion, and that's about it. But, um, you know, just think about this stuff a little bit. I think it's important that people think about this stuff. And I'm glad that he's exposing this because it's exactly how it is. And for those of us who have been around this for 40 plus years, we really know our stuff. We've been witnessing these things and it's really disgusting. Chemo by the numbers. 75% the percentage of American cancer patients that use chemotherapy, but also the percentage of oncologists who said if they had cancer, they would not participate in chemotherapy trials due to its inefficient ineffectiveness and its unacceptable toxicity. So, hmm. It's, uh, okay. 16.3 million since 2000, the number of cancer patients that have died from chemotherapy. And I, I haven't seen them stop the world for that, right? A million six hundred and sixty-five thousand five hundred and forty hundred new cancer cases diagnosed each year. It's insane. Five hundred and eighty-five thousand seven hundred and twenty cancer deaths in the United States. One hundred and twenty-five billion dollars projected medical costs of cancer care according to the National Cancer Institute. 39% projected medical cost increase by 2020. 2.3% and 2.1% chemotherapy success rates in Australia and the United States. Yep, I think he's giving you even lower numbers than 4%. 90% percentage of chemotherapy patients that die 10-15 years after treatment though their deaths are never attributed to the chemotherapy. 1,400% percentage increase of chemotherapy users to develop leukemia. Yeah, no shit. 68% percentage increase in chemotherapy drugs since 2003. Wow. 
You people are really stupid. You are really fucking stupid. Like, wow. Honestly, I thought it wasn't that bad. I didn't check into it. Wow. I'm sorry, but how can you be so foolish, guys? They're using stuff that is poison, literally. They're using the stuff that was like used during the wars, that it was left over, the chemicals from this and that. Wow. The Centers for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration has a long history of turning a blind eye to defective and deadly drugs and letting the drug makers skate off with minor fines and little to no publish punishment. Publishment, I guess. <laughs> they don't publish it either. Punishment. In some cases, it took 55 years, again, 55, it's another big number, I think, for the gematria thing, of complaining about a dangerous drug like Darvon before the FDA actually stepped in to stop the company from selling a drug that had killed over 2,000 people. One reason for this is the revolving door between high government regulatory positions and positions within pharmaceutical companies. And nowhere was this more obvious than when the former director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Dr. Julie Gerberting, was named the president of Merck's vaccine division. Sorry, I wanted to check that name. Gerberding, sounds so funny. Gerberding's main job while running the CDC was the promotion of vaccinations while simultaneously downplaying the adverse reactions. So there are actors and whores all in one, basically. She was in charge of the CDC when whistleblower Dr. William Thompson and a few of these CDC colleagues destroyed their evidence regarding the Merck's MMR vaccine and the connection to autism. And I mean diseased, uh, you know, whores, because the other ones are just giving you pleasure and you're giving them money, so don't look down to them. You are worse because you're using someone else who is in need. If you were a good person, you would give them the money and tell them to go get some job that doesn't require them to be demeaning to your, their body. But some people like that. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. If, if you like it and you're doing it truly freely and you're truly happy about it, hey, go for it. I don't know how you can, because from what I learned, it's not possible and there's really some damage there, but hey, you know, who are we to judge everybody else all the time, you know? So I'm sorry if I lost my track there a moment, but I'll reread that in the next episode. Let's just call it here because I need a break from this mind blowing stuff, really. My head is about to explode. <laughs> it's, 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 I know this stuff and it, it's just, Every time I read these things, it just pisses me off. I need to, I need to go in my happy place again right now. <laughs> because it makes me laugh and stuff as well. That, you know, seeing people die and knowing this, it's not a topic for me. This is, it just really pisses me off. It's just wrong. 
<sighs> love and light, love and light. I'll see you in the next episode here. Just lies they fed us. Oh man. <laughs>